welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. The gospel is powerful. The gospel is incredible. And every time we tell someone about Jesus, it's important that we use His name because His is the name that is above every other name. And there's power in His name. The same name of Jesus that the, the apostles used in the book of Acts when they declared that someone would be healed in the name of Jesus. The same name that is above every other name. The same name that they used, the name of Jesus. The same name that they were eyewitnesses to, the person of Jesus Christ. The same name that when we pray in the name of Jesus, we can see things happen today. And when we talk about the name of Jesus, we not need to understand there's power in His name, and something takes place when we talk about Jesus. I want to encourage you here today, saints, be, be unashamed of His name. Don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Somebody in their mind might have an association of church or something negative in their mind, but I want to tell you the name of Jesus is above all their shame. The name of Jesus is above all that they've been through. The name of Jesus is above their church disappointment. The name of Jesus is above all the religious stuff that's beat them down. The name of Jesus is above all these things. So recognize that there's power in His name. Come on, I just wanted to set that out at the start. So today when I'm preaching, I'm preaching about the name. I'm preaching the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be getting to Jesus just in a minute or two. But as we lift Him up, all people are drawn to Jesus. So something about the name of Jesus that is incredibly powerful. So this morning we, we want to share, we've been having a theme on the culture of and this morning, I want to preach on a culture of volunteering or a culture of servanthood, people who serve for Jesus or people who volunteer for Jesus. I'm going to share with you this morning some Bible verses. The first verse actually comes from Psalm 110, verse 3, and I believe this is a prophetic application to this church or to the church in this city at, at this time. It's a prophetic word. Your people will volunteer free, freely in the day of your power. Now, that was, that, that was the context. That was for David preaching back in the good old days, two and a half, three thousand years ago. But what happened was this word is prophetic for today, that people will volunteer. Jesus said, the harvest is white or ripe for harvest, but the laborers are few. But behold, the laborers are coming in. And uh, I believe there's, there's people coming from across the world to come and help serve in this city and to help birth, build this church. I've been in four conversations recently where agencies seek this. I'm going to sound like James Bond here this morning, but secret agents of the Lord Jesus Christ are coming into Dundee. We had the guys from Creation Fest who were here a couple of weekends ago, but Creation Fest team want to come and help, support, and serve in the city. Isn't that good? Come on, let's, let's rejoice in what He's doing. In the name of Jesus, they're coming in. Help is coming. There's another agency called Alpha who want to come and help us build and plant and do meetings and things in the city and in this region. In whose name? In Jesus' name. That's number two. The Message Trust want to come and help us as well in schools and various things and various churches around this region. They want to come and help and support. Isn't that good news? So help is a coming. Volunteers are arising. And the fourth group 
has completely gone out of my head, but I hope I remember it by the end of the service. But help is coming to the city. Help is coming to this nation. Help is coming to this land. Help is coming to this church by the grace of God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read to you this morning from, from the gospel of John, John the eyewitness of Jesus. And this is from chapter 13. We're going to read from verses 1 through 17. And this is Jesus talking about servanthood here. It says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. That's going to be my main portion of Scripture. I want to read the rest to you to give context. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon uh, Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head and my whole body. And uh, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that, that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And I want to ask some questions from these verses here this morning. Point number one, I'm going to ask, how do I volunteer? That's some questions I'd like to ask here this morning, is how, how do I volunteer? And I have some answers for you here this morning, and the clue is in the Scripture itself. It says, how do I volunteer? And point number one is we need to wrap a towel around our waist. In our words, we need to have a posture of a servant. It's the first step to becoming an effective volunteer. If we want to be a great volunteer, we need to have a posture of being a servant. I want to tell you here this morning is that often we can cast things off of people, break chains, cast out demons, do all these things. But there are certain things that we can do that are what I would call self-corrective. In our words, we, we have, Jesus has given the power for us to do some things by ourselves. And I'm going to give you an example here this morning. That example is wrap a towel around your waist. In our words, have the posture of a servant. 
have the posture of a servant. How do we do that? Well, we need to be humble. The greatest way to break pride off our lives is to be humble. I'm here to announce to you here this morning, ladies and gentlemen, some of you are too proud to be humble. Some of you are wrestling with pride, and you think you're too good to do certain things. But I want to tell you, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you think you're too good for somebody, or you're too good to do a job, or that job is beneath you, I want to tell you, you have an issue with pride. That's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit means that we'll clean anything. My wife will be preaching this sermon back to me. That we will clean anything, that we'll put any bin out, that we'll serve anybody coffee. That means that we will be able to serve. See, Jesus served His disciples. Jesus humbled Himself, and Jesus didn't operate in a, a position of where He lorded it over His disciples. He served them, and He blessed them, and He washed their feet. So that's point number one, is wrap a towel around your waist. In our words, have a posture of a servant. It's the first step to becoming an effective volunteer. Is that coming up on the slide, guys, of the vanished? The next slide. No, it's gone. My, my, I prepared it, spent ages preparing my incredible slides, and, and the thing has just vanished. It's unbelievable, but it's, I'll recover. So, uh, number one is wrap a towel around your waist. Number two is don't let other people's agendas put you off serving. Jesus had a background noise where Judas was going to shaft him. Judas was going to betray him. Judas was going to muck him around. Jesus, Judas was going to cause him to be crucified. Jesus, uh, Judas was going to do all these crazy things. So, so Jesus knew, he foreknew that certain things are going to take place. But Jesus knew that all these things are going to happen. Despite all these things happening, Jesus still humbled himself. Jesus could have said, stuff you lot. I'm getting out of here. Get that Judas out of the kitchen. Get him out of the upper room. Shove him out of here. Get him out. Get ye behind me, Satan, Judas. Get out of here right now. Get out, Judas. But he didn't. Jesus humbled himself. Jesus knew what it was to be a servant. Jesus knew what it was to posture himself, that he would bow down and he would wash the defeat of his disciples, even of Judas, the one who was about to betray him. So Jesus was not distracted by Judas's agenda. Now, I'm not saying that you've got Judas's in your life. All I'm saying is there will be distractions in your life that will distract you from doing the things that Jesus wants you to do, things that will distract you from being, being, um, being a servant of the Lord. One of the hardest things about, about being a servant is the fear of man. It says in Proverbs that the fear of man is a dangerous trap. In other words, if we fear what other people think of us, if we fear that some people will see us, you know, one of, one of my biggest fears, if, if I ever do street evangelism, if I go down the streets, I'm speaking to people about Jesus, I'm involved in a conversation, that somebody I know who's not a Christian will overhear my conversation and think I'm an idiot. Is that fear or is that faith? And the answer's fear, by the way. That was the right answer. Faith is, was the other side. But here's the thing. The fear of man is a dangerous trap. If you allow the fear of man to be louder than the voice of faith, the calling of Jesus in your life, you're in for problems. Don't allow the fear of man to dominate your life. Number three, serving is part of your calling, and serving was part of Jesus' calling as well. Now, here's the thing. In the verses, 
Jesus says that you call me Lord and teacher, and Jesus says, that's right. But here's the thing, that serving, he wasn't only a servant, Jesus was also Lord and teacher. You see, Jesus knew what it was to serve, but he recognized his identity as Lord and also his calling. He recognized that which was on his life. He was also a teacher as well. So Jesus knew what it was to be a servant, but he didn't say, I'm only a servant. He also recognized he had a calling to be Lord and teacher. Now, none of us here are called to be Lord, okay? Only he's Lord, just for clarity before any of you start, and your imagination start running away with yourselves. But only Jesus is Lord, but Jesus is called teacher and servant. For those of you here today who are called to teach and preach, and serve. Make sure servant is part of your portfolio. Come on. So, it's important that we're both servant or, 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 or servant and teacher and whatever else we're called to do as well. So, it's important that servants included in our portfolio. It's part of our attributes. It's part of who we are. And I, be, I, I honestly believe it's so significant that Jesus washed His disciples' feet because He knew that the Scriptures would be written God knew that the Scriptures would be written, and in 2018, you know, things might be different, culture might be different, but these words of Jesus echo down the ages, and it's important that we're always servant-hearted. No matter where He positions us, Jesus has called us to be influencers. God, Jesus has called us to be leaders. He's called us to be preachers. He's called some of us here to be in government. He's called some of us here to be uh, influential in business and various other things. But here's the thing, always remember that you're a servant of Jesus. Always be a servant. It's very, very important. Number four, and it says this in the verse, it says, you will be blessed if you do them. That's what Jesus said. He said, you will be blessed if you do them. It's in verse 17, and it's the blessing. That's what Jesus thought. You'll be blessed if you serve others. Now, in today's content, today's context, in today's culture, if we talk about washing people's feet, you know, back in these days, everybody wore, you know, these flip-flops that you wear when you go on holiday, and, and your feet get all dusty, and they get all sandy. Well, that's what it was like. People, they didn't quite have flip-flops, but they had these leather sandals or leather shoes, and where he was walking, where Jesus was walking, the, the roads were dusty, and your, your foot, toes were filthy and your nails were all blackened. It was disgusting. So, to wash your feet was such a humble thing to do. To do. But, but, but today's context, what's, what's servanthood? It might be buying some of these messages. It might be serving on the coffee bar. It might be, um, you know, it, it might be washing some of these dishes. If somebody invites you for a meal, is do their dishes. Uh, you know, you might be naturally, the fear of man might be just run out the door, Gordon. Just get out now. You don't want to do these dishes. You look foolish, but you might want to just stay and do the dishes. So, it's important to have a, a, a servant heart to be loaded with the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard the whole thing of volunteering and, and, and being a servant is, is, is absolutely huge. It's huge in Christianity. It's huge as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's so key that we have a heart of a servant. We're ones who want to serve God 
and do things for Him. And if there's, if there's any barriers of pride within you here this morning, just say, God, I'm sorry. I, I forgive me for being proud. Just smash the thing and humble yourself and just say, I, I want to serve God. It's not between you and the church or you and me. It's between you and God. So just get to God and say, God, this is where I'm at. I'm too proud to serve. Forgive me, oh God. Forgive me my pride. But here's the thing, is that to volunteer is a powerful thing. I'll tell you why, because volunteering can open up doors. So many people wait on a calling to do something. In other words, God, have you called me to do this, or have you called me to do that? Where others are saying, Lord, I'm just going to volunteer to do that and, and see what happens and see what opens up. I want to tell you briefly about one of the best, he's reputed to be one of the best 12 preachers on planet earth, okay? His name is, there's a guy in America called Andy Stanley. He's the son of a guy called Charles Stanley, who's a very, very, even more famous preacher. But Andy Stanley's gone huge. He's a brilliant teacher, Bible preacher, teacher. And one of the things that he did when he was a young man was he asked his dad, who was one of the most famous preachers at the time or in his region before he was on television and stuff, and he, and he said to his dad, he said, Dad, you know, he said, do you have to be called to preach or can you just volunteer? And do you know what his dad said to him? He said, you can just volunteer. So do you know what he did? He volunteered and he said, can I, can I speak to a group of young people? So he did. He wasn't sure if he had a calling or not, but he volunteered, and through volunteering, he led a group, and through the group, the group grew, and through the growing, people began to follow Jesus Christ. People came to know Jesus, and his group kind of gathered momentum, and it grew more and more, and eventually he started his own church, and things grew from there. You see, he wasn't sure if he had a calling, but he asked, can I volunteer? And I'm not saying you have to volunteer to say, can I go and preach or do that? Some of you might have that on you. Can I just volunteer to go and start a group, to go and preach somewhere, to do something? Some of you might have a, a thing where you're saying, I've, I feel called to serve coffee in this church. I feel called to wash the toilets. Or you might just say, can I volunteer to do this? Or can I volunteer to do that? Because there's something powerful about volunteering where this man said, can, can I volunteer and the pastor said, yes, you can. You can volunteer. And I want to encourage you here this morning, just, just volunteer. Uh, am I called to do this, or am I called to do that? Do I need a visitation from a, an angel to do this or to do that? I believe if you've got character, if, you've, if you're someone who loves Jesus, and you believe that He can use you in some way, just say, God, I, I want a volunteer to do this no matter how big it seems or how small it seems, just say, I want to do this or I want to do that. I'm going to ask the question this morning, how do I volunteer in this church? And I'm going to give you three things. Number one is posture. In other words, <clears throat> towel round waist. In other words, just say, just say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to serve, I'm ready to help. I know many new people come to the church and say, I don't know how to get in. I don't, I don't know how to do something. I don't know how to help. But just, 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 just you know, you, you need to posture yourself and say, God, 
I'm willing to serve. That's number one. Number two is ask, how can I help? I mean, it's huge. It's huge because so many people, the fear of man within churches is huge. A lot of people are afraid because they think there's a clique or this group does this or this little group over here because this guy is friendly with a pastor, he gets to be on the door or because this guy over here, you know, knew Gordon when he was 14, he gets to lead the worship. It's, it doesn't operate that way. It's posture. It's just, I want to serve. And the next thing is, how can I help? If you want to help, just say, how can I help? I want to serve. I want to help. And it will cause you to grow in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Third point, and this is the final thing. This, this is probably going to be the hardest bit of volunteering within a church. The third point is commit and turn up. I mean, it's huge, absolutely huge. There was once a famous Hollywood actor once said that 80% of success is just showing up. I have to say, I agree with that, 100% agree with it. And I want to be, I want us as a church to be counterculture. We live in a world where people don't commit, you know, the break relationships. We don't do this. We don't do that. We, you know, you don't show up on time or, you, you know, you just abandon things or you start something, you don't finish it. But we want to be a church that commits and shows up and continues to do it until the Lord releases us into the next thing. Isn't that exciting? Come on. So let's do it. Let's, let's be an army of volunteers. And, and one of the things Fiona mentioned earlier that we've got the whole thing with a pop-up church happening soon as well. We're going we're gonna to move from this location for six weeks in January as an expert. Anybody like, I'm not talking about drug experiments, but does anybody love spiritual experiments? It's wonderful, isn't it? We can say, let's try this. Let's, let's volunteer as a church to say, God, we're, we're going to go. But, but as we go, we're, we're going to need more volunteers. The team that welcomed people on the doors is going to have to be bigger. The team that served the coffee is going to have, there's a huge cafe there, is going to have to be bigger. The follow-up team to welcome people into new groups is going to have to be bigger. The amount of small groups that we've got, they're going to have to be bigger because we're believing that God will do something supernatural, we'll be able to grow. With the Alpha courses, the, the teams from Alpha Scotland who want to come and help us plant, pop up things, they, they want to help us, but they'll need to partner with people in the house who are willing to, to, to grow in Jesus' name. So, so something can happen, but I believe we need to be willing in the day of thy power. We need to be available to say, God, I want, I, I want you to use me. Some of you have come from a cold culture. I don't mean you're cold. I mean cold, where I, I, I need to be called to do something. And I believe in cold culture. I'm a cold culture guy. So I believe in the whole calling thing. But I also believe there's a volunteer culture where, you know, you might have the gifts and the talents to do something, but you might say, I want to be available to do this. You know, there's some people that are incredibly able but they're not available. There's some people that just say, God, I have, I have this. It's a bit like myself. I say, God, I have no talents. I have nothing. I can't, I can't sing. I can't dance, but who cares? I tap my toe like Mo. You know, I can tap my toe like the worship leader. It's incredible. I've got the toe movements, but I've not got the voice or the grooves, but I've got the toe movement. It's wonderful. So I come before the Lord, and I say, Lord, how can you use me? How can I volunteer? 
And I believe as we position ourselves and we say, God, how can I volunteer? What can I do to help expand your kingdom? God grows His church through local churches. God grows His church through movements. But God wants to grow this local church for His glory. And I believe, church, it's time to grow, it's time to glow, and it's time to go. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 